that time in elementary, you know, you're on the playground and, and you get these questions, you know, why, why do you talk like a girl? Why do you act like a girl? Why do you walk like a girl? And, you know, you kind of pass that off as jokes and banter or kids are just being kids. And I remember I would come to my mom and I would tell her, you know, why, why are people asking these questions about me? Why, why, why are people saying that I talk like a girl? You know, sometimes I would come to What's up, everybody? My name is Anthony Howard, and welcome to another episode of Tell Me More. I am so excited to come back on this podcast and talk about something that is very personal to me and also just really um, kind of retrack or retrace my steps back um, to a moment in my life that was very transformative for my own personal well-being. And um, I'm so glad that I get to have this outlet, which allows me to have these types of conversations. On this episode, I am sitting by myself. I don't have anyone across from me. There's no one else that is going to join me in this conversation. But I really wanted to kind of take a minute um, to allow myself to introduce the topic. Um, and then we will get started in my own storytelling of the things that are just encapsulated in my journey and my journey of identity and my journey of sexuality um, and hopefully allow other people to gain some strength or knowledge about myself or also even the courage uh, to step into their own truth and also share their own story. And I think there are so many questions where people are just genuinely not being malicious in their intent, but they're more so curious to know about when was the moment that you knew that you were gay or that you were different or when was the moment that um, you told your mom or you told your family or you told other friends, close friends that were around you. And I think that those questions are great, um, but I don't think there should be an ounce of pressure for someone to then convey or allow you and open themselves to you just because you want to know really badly and you're just curious to know about their own personal journey with their sexuality. So I think it's great when people can explain and share those details when they're ready, when it's time to share that information and that side of themselves, um, because it allows them to just let their guard down in a way that doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel as if they're in this, they're backed into a corner and needing to share every detail of their life that isn't, um, that they aren't ready to share at that exact moment. And so this is the entire reason as to why I created this podcast, because I really wanted to have these conversations where I'm being vulnerable. I'm having people join me that are also sharing their own experiences, their own stories. And I think it's just a breath of fresh air for people to really remain authentic, um, to speak their own truth and to tell their side of the story, whether it be positive, negative or neutral. And so I'm going to stop rambling because I really want to get into the core of this story, um, go about my journey, and then hopefully uh, bring you along with me. And near the end, um, just let it all out and let the truth be free. Not really necessarily a truth um, because everyone already knows I'm already out and everything, but I think that um, it's a learning process and it will show how much I've grown throughout the years. So I think for me, this is definitely needed, especially as I embark on this next chapter um, post-graduation, going off into a new city, hopefully. Um, and I think it's very beneficial and very therapeutic 
for me to start thinking and talking about this and being more open about this um, because, you know, it's a part of my own healing process and my own journey to really step into who I am and who I want to be. Okay, so I want to take it back to the time when I was in elementary school. Um, of course, didn't really have any thoughts about, you know, liking boys or, you know, even understanding what the term or the word gay meant. But I think at that moment, it was starting to become, looking back at it now, there were moments where I can definitely tell that, you know, something was different, something was unique. And I don't think until about middle school or early high school, I really started to put and build the language for what it was. But in elementary school, I mean, all of my friends, most for the most part, were girls. I did have a few guy friends, but I think at that time, a lot of the guys that I was that I was interacting with, and I think this attributes to my own personal anxiety interacting in spaces with heterosexual men. But at that time in elementary, you know, you're on the playground and, and you get these questions, you know, why why do you talk like a girl? Why do you act like a girl? Why do you walk like a girl? And, you know, you kind of pass that off as jokes and banter or kids are just being kids. And I remember I would come to my mom and I would tell her, you know, why why are people asking these questions about me? Why, why, why are people saying that I talk like a girl? You know, sometimes I would come home, I wouldn't say crying, but I would just be kind of, I would feel some type of way, of course, because people were just asking these very personal and very hurtful and harmful questions to me about my own personal character. And it's not that I'm trying to put on an act or be a show or be a girl, but I was more so just being who I was. And, you know, we're in elementary school. Nobody is really having that deep of a voice. Nobody is really, you know, figuring out the way in which a man should act or a girl should act. I mean, of course, we understand, oh, girls like the color pink or boys like the color blue. But that's very basic gender norms that are expressed to us throughout, you know, television or when we grow up. So I think everyone has this perception of what gender is in elementary, but then I think that evolves slowly, especially in this current age of what gender means to you and also what gender can look like um, as you get older and progress throughout life. But at that time, yeah, I was getting those questions. People were asking, you know, and so that really, um, and I will also later in the episode, I will talk about you know, how a lot of my personal experiences in the past kind of impact the way I interact group settings. And I think that a lot of, you know, the way in which I approach straight men, the way in which I want to build relationships with other men that are not LGBTQ+, um, I think that from my past, it really hinders me from l allowing myself to put my guard down and be more vulnerable, just because I'm scared of how people think or view me based on my voice, or I'm scared on how I approach other men specifically, and they might start having these questions. Um, but yeah, no, I was in elementary school, I would get those types of questions. A lot of my friends were girls, you know, I can, I remember sitting at the cafeteria table, I had like five or six girls around me, and you know, we're gossiping, we're making up games to play on the playground, um, we're doing a lot of different things. But then at the same time, I was involved in a lot of different spaces as well at that time. I played soccer for about seven to eight years, all boys team, of course. And so I used to play soccer. Um, I was very athletic growing up. And I feel like that's, some people don't know that about me because I don't like to express that part of myself. But, you know, if it came down to it, I could 
you know, join in on a game um, or, you know, I do have that athleticism. And I think that really plays more out now into the gym. But I was in a lot of different spaces um, because my mom wanted me to be really involved in different things. So I was uh, in sports. I also was in theater, of course. I used to do, I was in year round school. So we would go to school for like nine weeks and then we'd have three weeks out as a break. Um, and so during those three weeks, sometimes I would go to this theater camp called Right Track Academy. And we would do very short plays, small plays. We're playing different things. I remember one time I got the role of Abraham Lincoln. We were doing some historical play or whatever. Um, and so, you know, we just did fun stuff. And it was elementary school kids all getting together. All of us had some genuine interest in theater or singing or acting. And so it was just something that I did over the breaks occasionally. But yeah, I was involved in a lot of different things. And um, so I think that really built, uh, one, built what I'm interested in, but then also I think really shaped me to be who I am today. Um, just being, uh, I guess, someone who is not afraid to speak their mind, not afraid to uh, be in front of a stage, be in front of a group. And I think that also contributes to my overall confidence now and how I do interact in those spaces. But I'm getting, I'm leaning a little bit off topic, so I'll stay on topic. Um, so yeah, elementary school, I would get those types of questions. And I think it it did hurt me in a way, but not really. I will say that it wasn't, um, I don't feel as if now looking back, I don't feel as if those people had any ill intentions, like I said before, but I do think internally I kept and held on to those questions and those the, those questions and those perceptions of myself that people had just by first glance or by our own first interaction meeting each other. Um, and I think that that stayed with me for a long time. But I will say that I did have a lot of friends regardless of the questions. I was able to make friends. I had a very great and enjoyable elementary experience. I'll move past elementary and I'll go into middle school and early high school. And uh, middle school, I remember uh, I had uh, one of my best friends. Uh, we had grew up together for a long time. And I think that was the moment where something something was there. Not, not saying something between us, but I could remember faintly that that was when I was starting to gain a little bit of an understanding of you know, who I was, what I was attracted to, what I liked. And at that time, especially middle school and early high school, I started watching a lot of YouTube. I started getting on Tumblr a lot more. These were when the platforms were really popular and there were a lot of creators on that platform, a lot of gay creators as well, like Lohanthony and Ricky Thompson and Kingsley, you know, Tyler Oakley, all of those people. And so I was watching, I was watching a lot of their content and not to say they influenced me, but at that time, being very impressionable, being very heavily online, um, I think they did have somewhat of an influence or a hold on, you know, how I thought about myself and how I wanted to act or feel, what clothes I wore, you know, what lingo or language I picked up and used on a day-to-day -day basis. And so at that time, I was having a lot of outside influences, um, and those were kind of being molded into my own character I'm in middle school and high school. And I still remember, you know, it kind of impacts little things, but also very pro profound parts of yourself as well from, you know, the way in which you edit your photos on Instagram and then also to the way in which you carry yourself and interact 
um, in school or outside of school or with within your own friend circles as well. But I started watching a lot of YouTube. I was on Tumblr. I, um, but I'll go back to the friendship that I had with one of my best friends, past best friends. And so we played soccer together. Um, and it was, it was a, it was a great friendship at that time. It was a great friendship. We had grown up together, been in the same school ever since like first or second grade, you know, played on the same soccer team. We lived right next to each other. He lived a street behind me. And I think at that time, and it's so funny that I'm mentioning it, mentioning this because I really hope he does not hear this podcast, but I want to be very personal and very specific and factual about my own experience and what led me up to kind of making that decision that, you know, I'm gay, but I know that was very blunt. Uh, So I think it just, it was the little things in our, not, it was the little things that I saw in myself that made me look at him differently, that made me look at him as, is it something more than a friend? Is it attraction? And, you know, at that time, you don't really have the language for, you know, what it is. It's just kind of, you know, I really enjoy spending my time with you. I really enjoy being your friend a little bit more than I do with others, or I feel like our relationship is a little bit deeper to me than, you know, with other guy friends that I had at that time. And so, I don't know, I would always, sometimes I would find myself getting a little jealous if he was hanging out with other people that weren't me. And, you know, you're just young. I was probably 10, 11 years old. I'm just, you know, it's kind of like your first crush, your first boy crush, when you realize wow, I kind of like him and I'm really, you know, I want to spend all my time with him and all of that, but still remaining friends, nothing ever happening, of course. But I think that was the first moment where I knew that, you know, something something was there inside of me that knew that, you know, I, I'm really starting to see boys a little bit differently. And then we'll move into early high school. Early high school was... Actually, I'll stay on middle school because that was also a very, very just pinnacle time for me, um, especially when it came to my own personal growth. Because in sixth grade, I went to Heritage High School, which is in Wake Forest, North Carolina. A lot of you, some of you might know that if you're from Raleigh, Wake Forest area, but some of you may not. But I moved schools from in between sixth and sixth and seventh grade. So I went to a new school, seventh, eighth, and then all the way into high school, I went to Wakefield. Um, which I live right around the corner from that, went to Wakefield. I was a new kid. And I, I remember this moment uh, because I, I hated my mom for making us move. We moved homes because she got married to my stepdad. Um, they were looking to have my brother at that time. So we just needed a bigger house um, to you know support two new additions that were coming in because it was just me and my mom for the longest, for about 10 years. It was just me and my mom this tiny little house together and you know so as she was looking to expand our family of course we wanted more space to make that happen but so we moved we moved about 10 minutes 15 minutes from my old home um, into a new neighborhood and so that required me to move schools because the bus routes wouldn't drop me off from that new neighborhood to the school that I went previously and so I moved schools um and this was (sighs) strikingly different atmosphere environment it was just 
I, I don't know. I think it really helped me push myself to get out of my comfort zone, meet new people, regardless of what they might have to say or how they perceive me to be. But it was very difficult because I was extroverted, but to an extent. I'm very much an introvert. I'm never going to be the one to initiate conversation. I'm never going to be the one in a group setting to meet new people if I don't already know a few people that are already there. And so going to this new school, people already somewhat have their own friend circles and friend groups because they went to elementary school together and they've already done sixth grade together. So I'm sure a lot of people that were new before already have their own set of friends. But I go in um, and, you yeah, know, I met I met a few people on the first day. The first week It was very hard for me. The first week I was crying nearly every day, saying that I hated it here. I wanted to leave. My mom was so concerned because I just I, I couldn't I couldn't look past that fear and that anxiety of having to meet new people, having to build new relationships. And then also in that time of when first and second grade, not first and second grade, within that first um, and second week, within that first month of being at this new school, there were a lot, a lot of questions. I mean, there were a few other people that I think were not, I wouldn't say out, but they were, and I don't know how to say this, but they were I'll just say they were out and queer. They were proud of who they were. Um, so we did have a few examples of that, I guess. Um, but it's still, you know, you have a few people that have their looks or they snicker behind someone's back when someone who is, you know, different or um, who is LGBTQ comes through the hallways, especially if you're a more flamboyant personality, you know, that can be a lot for some people to take in, which is very... It's very, um, it's just very sad that that had to be, but it was middle school. So, you know, we're all trying to learn different things about our own selves. We all have our own perceptions of what the world should look like based on our parents, based on the television that we're watching. So, you know, those assumptions and those, um, and those questions, they come along with that as well. But I step in, um, and, you know, those questions came along as well. You know, are you gay? Do you, why do you talk like a girl? You know, you know, you, why do you dress like that? Why are your clothes so tight? And, you know, it's those types of questions where, of course, it's not really anything, you know, they're not saying it in a way that makes you feel um, like they're attacking you. But still, at the same time, they are attacking you because it's coming at who you are and the way in which you carry yourself, which impacts your overall internal image and body image or perception of yourself. And then, you know, sometimes depending on, you know, your own confidence level or how you deal and handle those questions, that can really impact the way in which, um, you know, you choose to, um, you choose to grow or you choose to, I guess, assert yourself um, in those situations, because then maybe you become a little bit more uh, you dim it down a little bit more, you dim your light a little bit more, you become a little bit more silent because you, you're afraid of what people might say. And so that dims your light. But at that time, you know, people were starting to ask questions. I was starting to, you know, I, I would just brush things off. I'd be like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gay, you know, whatever, you know. And then hopefully with that one word, you know, hopefully with that one sentence, 
you know, I'm not gay, that could kind of dismiss the questions a little bit and we can move on to another topic of conversation. But, you know, as I progressed throughout uh, middle school, I started to make a lot, a lot of more friends. I started to make a lot more friends. I started to get involved in theater and then high school, you know, I continued with theater. Um, and then I'd already built uh, an established set of friends from middle school and of course met a few more people throughout high school. And, you know, great experience, great experiences. I mean, I wouldn't say that, you know, everything was great in everything. Um, you know, I had the best experience, but I will say that I made the most of it. And regardless of the people that came along the that regardless of the people that came along and said anything about me or made me question who I am, I mean, I was able to stand firm in what it is that I wanted to do, who I wanted to be, and you know, really build myself um throughout middle school and high school to then, you know, have a better foundation for when I went to college. And so I think high school, high school was definitely the moment where I really started to piece things together. Um, it was because n nothing really, nothing really, you know, climactic or there was like this one moment or whatever. But I think that by the time that I reached senior year, that was when I, I definitely knew. Um, and I think I knew, I knew way before then. I would say that I knew, I knew that I was gay about... I don't know. I, I want to say about my freshman year um, in high school, like I knew that I could put the term, I could put that label on myself and say, okay, I see that me looking at boys or having these interactions with boys, you know, I'm starting to see that, you know, this is something that is a repeated occurrence, one, and also, you know, this is just who I am. And it feels very good to kind of put that label on yourself or at least understand the way in which you can um, clarify, you know, who who you are and what it is that you like or might have an attraction to. Um, not to say that everyone needs labels, but I think for me in my own personal experience, that was especially helpful because now that I'm learning a little bit more, I'm learning more about myself, I'm seeing more people, I'm interacting with more people that are LGBTQ+. I think it's really great when you can build that community and also in turn build an identity for yourself and really begin to understand that this is who I am and I no longer have to question that on my own to figure out, you know, what is it? Do do I like boys? Do I like girls? You know, how, how am I supposed to pro approach that conversation? And, and especially in high school, you know, a lot of people, have, a lot of people are dating, you're hearing things about people hooking up or people are, you know, holding hands in the hallway. And when you look at that, you know, then you start to question, you know, what is it? How would that look like for me? What would that look like for me? If I were to be holding hands with someone in the hallway or having an interaction with someone on a romantic level, would that be with a girl? Would that be with a guy? And so, yeah, I would say about freshman year, I just said, uh, I said that, you know, I, I think I'm gay. I think I, I like boys. I you know, <laughs> and it's very, I wouldn't say it's uncomfortable to talk with, but I think it's very interesting when you start looking back at your own experience and you're like, you know, when did I know? And how did I, how did I figure that out? I mean, I didn't tell anyone, of course, in freshman year, because I feel as if that was a big thing for me, that I wanted to be confident and sure on my own terms 
and to myself before I made an announcement or before I said anything because I didn't want to I didn't want to say something too early and I didn't have, you know, the knowledge or the confidence and the assurance to stand firm in my truth. And I didn't want to, you know, just come out to come out or um, come out and then, you know, start receiving all this ridicule and then not have the tool set or, you know, the stability or that that confidence again to, you know, block those obstacles and block those people and those perceptions as well. And so, yeah, freshman year of, not freshman year, but in ninth grade, that's when I knew. Um, and then that kind of followed me throughout high school. I mean, a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people near the end of high school were really, at least in my own friend group, were really starting to figure out, you know, what it was. I mean, we would have I remember we would have conversations about girls and guys, especially when you're involved in theater. I mean, that's just like a cesspool of, you know, LGBTQ plus individuals. And so, you know, we start having conversations and, you know, you would think in theater you could really feel free and express yourself, which you can. Uh, but I think at that time I was still remaining closed off to that part of myself. And so I'm just sitting over here. I'm getting the tea. I'm trying to figure out what's going on, who in the theater cast and the ensemble is, you know, getting it on, hooking up, all of that, because theater is very messy. If you don't know that about theater, them girls will mess around with different people. You got main actor messing around with the ensemble member and you got X, Y, Z. It's just a lot, a lot going on. But, you know, that that was where I really felt outside of, you know, going to class and other extracurriculars. That theater community was really where I felt I could be myself and I could hold conversations that where I wasn't closed off, where I could be a little bit vulnerable without disclosing fully my own truth. And so I think that was very um, transformative and built me up to or leading up to college to where I could finally say, um, you know, that I'm gay. I could have that conversation with people. I could move on and allow people to look past my own sexuality that that was that was clearly a moment the theater space was clearly a moment where i think it really did set me up in the right direction to then approach college in a way where i was standing firm in my truth i was allowing people to know a side of myself that i hadn't let them know uh or experience before and i knew going into college and i said this to myself the summer before i moved um moved into my dorm did all of that I said to myself, I'm not, I don't want to go into these next four years of my life and hide a part of myself because I think that it would have been a disservice to me and it would have been just, it, it wouldn't have been the best experience. Say if I kept hiding that in college, if I kept it only said something until the end, I would have felt as if I missed out on a very huge part of who I am and building upon that already, that image of myself, I would have felt as if my personal growth was stunted a little bit because I wasn't being authentic. I wasn't being true. And so I said to myself in that summer before moving, I said, I'm going to come out. I'm going to tell people, I don't know anybody here. I probably only knew about three or four people that went to UNC um, from my high school, but this was a fresh slate. Um, this was a moment where I could say, 
Nobody knows me. Nobody knows about my past. Nobody knows anything. I'm going to come in here and, you know, write my own script. And so that's what I did. I, I remember, I don't think I really, I remember freshman orientation. That wasn't really much of anything. I think a lot of people were just kind of scratching the surface level in terms of meeting friends. You're trying to meet as many people as possible. You're trying to, you know, do all the, all that you can so you can build an established friend group that first week because you don't want to be alone in that first week. You definitely want to have a set group of friends and everybody wants to meet everybody in freshman year because you're just excited to be in college. You're excited to be on your own and all of that. But I remember the day that I moved in that first week, you know, as I'm building those friends, and I, as I'm building those friends, I'm making sure that, you know, if that question comes and it says, someone says, oh, are you gay, you know, or how do you identify all of that? I would say, you know, I'm gay and we move on. We move on. And that was just that. And I never really ran into, you know, anybody saying, oh, I can't, I don't really mess with that. Or, oh, I don't want to be friends with you. I think everybody that I met and I knew this beforehand, especially because you can kind of get a sense if someone's, you know, a little bit more progressive than others. But I knew that people or hoped that people would be accepting. And I think in college, a lot of people really do find, you know, this these four years to be where you really start thinking about, you know, your own relationship with yourself and the way in which you interact with people, whether it be on a platonic or romantic level. And so, you know, that can come from you understanding and exploring how you label or process your own gender that can come from how you process your own sexuality that can come from um you know how you uh connect and touch base back with your own racial identity as well and so there's a lot of things that were going on but i knew in college that you know this was my time to speak my truth um and to live my truth and so that's what i did and you know there's no regrets in that because i've made a lot of friends that are gay, bi, lesbian, they're part of the LGBTQ plus community. I've met a lot of friends that are straight even and that who know who I am, they know that I'm gay and they, you know, fully accept accept me. And anybody else who doesn't, you know, that's they're just not meant to be in my life. And so I'm very good about keeping my circle close, but then also understanding, you know, which groups I want to interact with or who will, you know, pour into me as I pour into them, I like to say, and really be a benefit to me and not a hindrance upon, you know, my own personal growth or who I am as a person and people that will really just love and accept me for who I am. I do want to talk about um, just very briefly touching on, I guess, after talking through my experience and really understanding, you know, what it is that led me to this moment to where now I'm very confident in who I am. I'm still trying to grow that confidence and get over those obstacles um, and those questions around who I am. But I do want to talk about how some of the things that happened in my past and some of the interactions that I experienced, you know, in elementary and middle and high school, um, how those really impact the way in which I approach and navigate the the current relationships that I'm trying to build and this is on a friend level romantic I think will have to be another episode because that's just a whole lot that I can really tap into and dig into but you know when I'm building those relationships like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode building friendships with straight men is very difficult and I think a lot of people, depending on how confident you are or depending on how you approach and navigate 
you know, relationships with heterosexual men. A lot of people have their own different experience and they're able to meet some great guys who are accepting and loving and, you know, really don't care if you were gay or anything else on the spectrum. But I do think that for me personally, it's very, very difficult. And it takes me a minute. Um, and like I said, I'm never really the one to approach. I hate small talk. I'm never the one to, you know, go into conversation or introduce myself first. And so that kind of, you know, is another obstacle. But especially when it comes to straight men, I think that it's almost like a trigger or there's almost some sort of trauma attached to that as well, just because I know in those interactions, there are always going to be those questions that arise. There's always going to be, you know, uh, maybe um, it's a group of straight men and I know a few, uh, maybe a few girls in there that are in the mix of that group, or maybe I know one or two guys. I step into that group, I talk for a minute, and then all of a sudden it's in the back of my head that, oh, after I just left, they're having that conversation of, oh my gosh, is he gay? Or, you know, like what's going on with him? Why does he talk? Like it's just those questions and maybe I'm just too much in my head maybe they're not saying that but more times than none it it is those it is you know th those group of guys that are having those questions because they have this idea of what gender means or what sexuality means and they just automatically assume and it's those assumptions that really deter me from having those interactions and building those strong relationships because I think I would love to have a good established group of guy friends um and, you know, though it doesn't matter the sexuality, but I think that I would love to have more guy friends in my life just because I feel as if I've missed out on that part of, I've missed out on a lot of that and building that um, just because I lived with my mom, my dad lived in Michigan, um, and so I was in a household filled with women and, you know, all throughout my adolescence and now, you know, I've been a lot of women and young women um, in my life as friends and I feel as if I've been a little detached and that's on my own that's by my own doing uh, detached from building those connections with men specifically straight men uh, just because I've had that ounce of fear in me that just really doesn't allow me to explore you know what would a relationship or a friendship with a with a guy you know, what would that be like? And I don't want to say, um, I guess that, that sounded, that sounded a little, that sounded a little off-putting, but what I mean is that, you know, there is an obstacle and there is a hardship there that I have to overcome. And I think it's very difficult to have those interactions. And I mean, there are a lot of guys at UNC that, um, a lot of straight guys that are, you know, they're very open, they're very accepting. Um, I've met a lot of uh, guys here that I'm not necessarily close with, but if I wanted to have a conversation and feel and be able to just be who I am, I could. And so I think that's great. Not necessarily do I have to have this deep and genuine friendship with you, but I could still, if I wanted to talk with you, say if we're at a party or I see you on campus, I don't have that, um, I don't have an, a semblance of tension between us because I know that you're accepting of me and I know that you're approachable as well and that you come with no judgment. And so I think that that's great if I can have those interactions, but I think there has been this, uh, now that I'm getting older, as I'm stepping into this new chapter, there has been this, you know, this longing for meeting more guy friends, having that sense of community. 
and especially amongst black men, black straight men. I think that it is very difficult for me to have those conversations because, or to, you know, interact in that space because it's just, it can be very, I don't know, it feels as if almost I have to go into a shell. I have to become this other person. I have to drop my voice an octave. I have to, you know, change the way in which I walk or the way in which I, um, you know, interact with another Black man. And it is, it's very, it's very confining, especially when you walk into spaces like a barbershop or you walk into, you know, an entire group of Black men at a party. It can be very, it can be hard. It can be very difficult because, Already, you know, some black men might have a perception or an idea of what a black man should be. And when you go against that, then it becomes no longer the question. Sometimes they move into those very harsh judgments against you. And it's it's sad because I think, uh, especially in this day and age, we should all be uplifting one another and really building a sense of community, regardless of, you know, the way in which you identify. And so just in my own experience, I mean, I hate going to a barbershop. I I hate barbershop talk. I hate feeling the need to code switch on a daily basis or every time that I'm in a setting like that. And it's, it's, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's not, it's not something that I like to dwell on too much because it's just not that deep to me. But at the same time, I mean, it's that similar space or spaces like that. Um, that really uh, are very difficult. My coming out story is, it's a little bit, it's not the way in which I intended. Um, and I put no, no, uh, I guess, I put nothing against my mom. I think she's just a very curious, she wants to, <laughs> curious individual. Um, she can be very intense at times and very investigative, um, but I, I'm glad that it happened because I don't know when it would have happened between us if I didn't say anything. I don't know if it would have came any sooner or came any later. I don't know, but my coming out story is a little bit different. It comes through my mom being very nosy and looking at my text threads. Uh, I think she was on my computer somehow some way and she logged into my computer I guess my my texts were scrolling up and at this time she was just very anxious about what I was doing especially this was in my um especially when I went to college as well she was just all has always been so anxious about you know what I'm getting into who I'm interacting with all of that and so I remember one day we were sitting in the living room and she what happened? We were sitting in the living room or she had called me down. She was sitting in the living room and she was sitting right across from me. I was in a small chair. She was right on the couch and she was like, I want to talk to you. And normally, you know, it could be another lecture. It could be about something else. Maybe she has another reason to yell at me. I don't know. But she sat me down and she was like, what, what what's going on in your text threads? Why are you talking about boys? Why are you you know, you're saying girl this, girl that, and y'all are just talking, you know, it's odd to me. She said it's odd to me, very weird. And I, I complete, I, I completely froze. I, 
didn't know what to say because one, I felt like she trespassed and broke into, you know, something that was a personal conversation. Well, not really personal. It's just me and my friends kind of just saying random things, being funny um, over text. But I did feel as if my privacy um, was breached. And now we're having a conversation that I just really wasn't ready to have at that time. And so I said, um, I don't know. That's just that's just the way we talk. We're just having fun. We're being funny. And a few of those texts, I'm sure, I can't really remember the conversation, but I'm sure I was saying, like, talking about, like, some boy or we were just talking about celebrities and all this other stuff. So, you know, the text did imply just based on, you know, the thread that, you know, I was talking about a boy and how I liked it, X, Y, Z. And so she was like, you know, are you gay? Like, what's... <laughs> And I know that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, she was like, are you gay? Like, what? I just really, I, I need to understand this. Help me understand this. And so I remember, I remember this moment so clear because a lot of, uh, a lot of you that know me, or if you don't know me, I never, rarely ever cry. I never cry. Um, but in that moment, I was just, I was frozen. I was stuck. I was glued to that chair. I couldn't even get up because I knew that she wouldn't allow me to get up. But in that moment, I knew that I I couldn't, I could no longer hold on and keep that part of myself closed off, especially to my, especially to my mom. And so I remember she kept asking, she was like, what's, what's going on? And I just remember looking into her eyes, us locking eye, eye contact, and then me darting or turning my head over to the, over to the left, um, to get away from her gaze. And then I just started crying. I was bawling my eyes out. I, I just, I was deeply emotional, deeply emotional. And it was it was difficult. It was a very difficult time, and I remember my mom sitting across from across from me, and she knows that I rarely ever cry. You rarely ever see me cry. She was like, "I've never seen you get this emotional ever. I've never seen you. I've never seen you like this. Like, tell me what's going on. Tell me, you know, I'm I'm here for you. Just let me know. Let me in." And when that happened, I, I kept crying. I kept crying. I was sobbing. I was stuttering. I was. You know, you start, your teeth start shaking and everything. I'm holding onto the couch. Tears are rolling down my eyes. You know, I'm like. <laughs> and um, and then I turned to her and I said, yes, I, I'm gay. I'm, I'm gay, mom. And then she looked at me and she said, I just want you to know that I love you. Um, nothing would ever change that. You're my firstborn son and I love you unconditionally. And I think at that moment, I, I remember this. I remember that feeling because once I told her that, it, it seems so simple. It seems so simple to just say like, mom, I'm gay. Like, let, let's move on. But it's just, it felt as if I was carrying a heavy load on my back. It was weighing down on my shoulders. It was in the pit of my stomach. And then in that moment, once I said it, once I allowed her to know me just a little bit more, it was like I was empty. I was lighter. It felt as if that load and that weight was just completely off my shoulders and off my back. And I could just, it was different. And 
you know, after that, we hugged, of course. And then, then she wanted to bring up, I, you know, you know, I've always felt like I knew and all of that. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much for that. I just want to go up to my room, listen to my music and really not have this conversation anymore. But no, after that, I think our relationship really changed uh, because now she knew a part of myself that I had been holding on to for quite some time. Um, and also she did feel some type of way because I told her, you know, um, you know, a few of my friends know, my closest friends know, all of that. Um, and so she felt, she felt kind of, she felt sad in a way because she didn't know why I didn't turn to her first. And I think it's just because you know, you hear a lot of stories, and I'm very fortunate to have a mom, um, you know, that loves me wholeheartedly, unconditionally, and you know, I wasn't put in an in an, in an <laughs> I wasn't put in an experience or a situation to where you know some people are kicked out of their homes, some people have to bounce from home to home because their parents no longer want them to live with them. A lot of people don't have you know, an experience to where their parents fully embrace them for who they are. And so I'm very fortunate uh, that my mom, she, you know, said that to me in that moment and, you know, loves me. We talk all the time and now we're a little bit more open about what we're talking about because then she'll ask me about boys and what I'm doing. I'm dating all of that. And, you know, sometimes you just really don't want to have those conversations with your mom. But you know, now she's just trying to learn a little bit more. Sometimes she reads articles. She'll send me articles. She's like, did you see what's going on? And, you know, they're trying to build legislation that is blocking gay rights and marriage and all. She'll send me stuff. I can see that she's trying to be a little bit, a little bit of an ally. I appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, no, I see her trying to step into my world a little bit more as we've, as I've grown up, um, especially throughout college as well. And, Feel like our relationship has kind of changed and shifted for the better um now that i can be a little bit more open with her we can talk about things that we've never really talked about before um and i just feel as if you know our relationship is stronger now more than ever and so that's just i look back on that and it's just so so funny and just looking back at my entire experience i mean there's a lot there's a lot um that goes into someone coming out and i mean coming out on your own terms is always the the best option but sometimes you know sometimes you're just not that fortunate or sometimes it doesn't go go as you expected or planned but i'll just say everything happens for a reason and i think that my journey thus far i mean there's only there's only more ways for me to grow um, and I see that now, especially as I approach graduation and I step into this new chapter. I mean, there are only more ways in which I can build upon myself and also explore my own sexuality a bit more as well. And I'm very excited to see, you know, who I become, um, you know, after graduation, after I get a chance to explore, um, explore myself a little bit more, find out, you know, what I like, what I don't like and all of that. And so... Um, as I've mentioned on previous episodes, uh, it's all a journey. It's all a journey. And um, I'm very thankful to have, you know, my mom, my friends, who are definitely a support system and love me wholeheartedly. I'm so glad that I've been able to find people in my life that truly support me and come with no judgment. Um, and yeah, so a big shout out to all of you um, that might be listening. Um, I love you all so much. And uh, just thank you. Thank you for 
accepting me, allowing me to be who I am. And uh, yeah, no, I am, uh, I'm going to sign off uh, because there are other conversations that I definitely want to have in relation to my own sexuality. Uh, but I want to bring on a few of my friends so we can talk about um, some different topics that pertain to, you know, how we navigate our own gay experiences. And, you know, that can be from dating, that can be from a lot of these dating apps uh that can be from especially when you have the intersection of being both black and gay how you interact with you know the dating scene or building friendships with other um people that are lgbtq plus and uh i want to build on this conversation but hopefully uh you were able to just see how i've uh how my journey has been my coming out story and Thank you for listening. This is Tell Me More.